there is a bomb in Gilead to make the wounded Of David, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, so that he drove him out, and he went away. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the Christian spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Psalm 34, ESV. Hello, and welcome to another fantastic, beautiful, beautifully crafted episode of Balm and Gilead. We haven't even beautifully crafted it yet, but I just know that I just I just know that it will be. Uh, I am I am sitting nestled snugly in between my two co-hosts, okay. Justin and and Grant. Justin is is you know to my to my east, and Grant is to my west. <laughs> uh, I'm right in the middle. Yeah. Hey, well, I mean, both geographically and on uh, this really awesome app that uh, somebody put together for us. Yeah. Hey. So we are uh, we are recording uh, through new technology that is just now existing, and this guy Justin we need built an air horn. Weep, 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 weep. We need we need we need what is the uh, the thing the sound bite that they use on Presbycast? That's yeah, the air yeah. horn. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so 
So thank you, Justin. Hopefully, uh, we everyone will hear this exact yeah. Yeah, audio if, that we're recording, and we won't have to do a take two. That's right. Yeah, if, if, if it all goes well, we'll tell you what the name of it is. If it doesn't, then we're not. If it doesn't do well, then, then on follow-up of our next episode, <laughs> we'll tell you whether or not the name of this has a name. So yeah. there you go. Um, <laughs> still in beta. Yeah, yeah we're, we're still in beta. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're out of beta. We're releasing on time. Something about the humans getting done and the science, and we're still alive. Is that how the song goes? <laughs> that sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> sounds great, man. I'm sure there's at least one person that is will that, understand some of that. Is that is is that John Foreman? Is that no, no, that was Gladys. Oh, <laughs> Gladys, man, I'm I'm surprised I'm on a show about music. Sometimes, um, all of our fine was, people are probably saying the same thing. It was the end credit scene from a video game. Oh, okay. Video game. Then I'm not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'll, I'll let the users try to figure out what the video game was. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right in. Right in. Yes, you know it. Yeah. So if you are wondering how you get in contact with the show, uh, we like to hang out uh, sometimes on uh, Tech Reformation Slack. Uh, that's slack.techreformation.com. And you can go there, connect with us and others and listeners on the Balm and Gilead channel. Uh, for instructions, please see the latest uh, latest form of flogging episode where David describes it in excruciating detail. Uh, it's really actually not that hard. Uh, another way you can contact the show is through our email. Yes, our email is theris at balmcast.com. Yes, because the at looks like an A, and so it looks like it says there is a balmcast.com, but it's an at. Yes. It's a, it's a, it's a it really clever. deep inside joke. It was very clever. It was, that. it was my idea, and so that's why I, I know. know it's clever. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's how you know. You can also uh, find uh-huh. some of us occasionally at uh, the Sound and Worship Facebook page. Oh, yeah. Sound and Worship Facebook yeah, tons of people yeah. are hanging out over there. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so we are we are produced by Sound and Worship, and so that's so we are a part of the Tech Reformation family of podcasts produced by Sound and Worship. That is our official marketing scheme for that to make every one of our fans and family and us happy. So, last episode. So I guess quick follow up. Last episode, we said that the uh, Love Lifted Me was probably going to be live by the time that it aired and it went live like like two hours after we recorded that something something crazy like that so it's live uh love lifted me it's on spotify oh yeah and i've already Go listened to it to, i've already listened to it at least a hundred times but um <laughs> have you really no is that like oh okay i've listened to it seven times apparently oh, nice I've I've listened to it probably more than seven times, but um, yeah. So we are our next project will be re-recording the Balm and Gilead. Uh, there is hey. a Balm and Gilead. Um, all of us are going to be it. on it, uh, and yeah. we're also going to have some really fun instrumentation, uh, courtesy of Joel. Uh, he's going to he's Woo-hoo. he's purchased a mandolin and he's shipping in his upright bass. And so in about two months' time, he'll be set and ready to do that. So it's still going to be a bit before we have that ready. But we've got a, a new end credits that we're going to record as well. And it's just going to be great. It's going to be fun. Yeah. But, um, uh, real, real quick. Um, yeah. 
I, I'm, I think I can do this. This is so cool. Um, you'll notice right here, Love Lifted Me, my number one Scrabble in the last month. So that's nice. very exciting. <laughs> All right. So uh, we are going to officially start a new segment on this show that we okay. have done, I think, both of the last two episodes, maybe the last three episodes. We've just been doing it, and it's become kind of an organic thing, but we're officially doing What Are You Listening To? Uh, Love it. So what? So uh, we've been talking, we, we talk, chat, we text each other all week long about songs that we heard on, on Spotify, Amazon, any, anywhere. And so uh, I put together a list of some of my notables that I've listened to this past week. And uh, yeah. so we can just kind of give some shout outs. Uh, poor Bishop Hooper, you know, obviously mm-hmm. every week, every week there's going to be a Poor Bishop Hooper song. But this week yes. is extra special because they just finished book two of the Psalter. Woohoo! 41 book uh 41 psalms in book 1, 31 psalms in book 2, 17 in book 3, 17 in book 4 and 44 whoppers in in, uh, in book 5. So they just finished book 2. Um they are the first band that I am aware of that has gotten this far and is still like writing good music. So congratulations awesome. for Bishop Hooper. Yeah, <laughs> um, no kidding. Uh, go and give it a listen. Uh, that's Psalm 71, I believe it was, that dropped this past week. Oh, wait. 70, um, 72. Today's Thursday, so 72 now. I haven't listened to 72 yet. Yeah. You should listen to 72. Yeah, 73 will release before this this podcast airs. But yeah, so as of right now, 72 has been released. That it's is a, so awesome. And then uh, some other cool music that's released this week. Yeah. Um, so there's a band called Judah. Uh, they released a full album. Mm-hmm. They've been releasing like uh, singles a little bit at a time. Um, we've talked some about them. They're very interesting. I, I so far I will say I recommend the album. Uh, it's it's very uh, it sounds very nice to the ear. Uh, theology is a mixed bag. So uh, I haven't decided on what I think about all of that yet, but we want to do probably a full review of the album in weeks to come. Yeah, for sure. It's, Cause it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. Another single that was released this week was a song by Switchfoot. Uh, it's called, I need you to be wrong. Um, it is, it is bizarre, but I kind of dig it it's really, really weird. Like there's a lot of like random noise in the background, like alarm clocks going off and random stuff. It's, it's, it's bizarre, but I kind of dig it. The, the chord structure is very non-traditional, which that'll always get me every time. But, um, it makes me excited for, for more of their 12th album. Uh, thief. To yeah. King. It's already got, just about uh, just under 300,000 plays already. So that's really exciting. And it just launched what this week. Yeah. Like a few days ago. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Uh, uh, Thief to King, which has less than a thousand views um, is a little guy that uh, we've kind of, I think at least two of us discovered randomly this Mm -hmm. week. Uh, He has a song discovered him and then told me about it. And so now I've discovered him too. So, yeah. So someone in the sound and worship pitched it to to Justin. I found it because I was looking for Psalms. He has a Psalm 117 and uh, it's really stinking good. Yeah, it's yeah. good. 
this guy's talented. Yeah. Had to, we need to put him on the uh, playlist here. Yeah. I added him to the, our favorites. Yeah. On he's, on, he's on my playlist too. 117. Oh yeah. You're behind the Sweet. times. But yeah, he's, <laughs> he's on, uh, he's on the sound of worship playlist. He's on the Balm and Gilead playlist. Uh, so to clarify. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, awesome. Keep the King. King. Give him a listen. Uh, Caroline Cobb. Uh, she's one of the people that works with Cardiphonia. She released a, a song this past week. That's, mm-hmm. uh, turn the tables. Which you would think that turn the tables might be a song about like, you know, situations in life uh, changing, but no, it's it's totally about like she's upset that churches are hawking their wares and she wants to go and turn the tables, uh, like Jesus. Yeah, it's a uh, that kind of turn the tables. Yeah, so so it sneaks you in. You're like, oh no, she's she's like totally like going off on people that are mistreating the the house of the Lord. Um, then Ellie Holcomb has been releasing a steady stream of, of new releases as well. So, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. What are you listening to Justin? Yeah. So thief to King definitely. And I, I mean, I'm stuck on my soul among lines, like stuck. I don't know if it's the accent of their lead singer or what. It's like, I feel like I don't have to like stress when I sing it, like, you know, <laughs> um, in the car by myself, you know, extremely loud, but um, yeah, it, it, I love a lot of their songs and the church I attend, uh, the backup kind of pastor, uh, it was our pastor just had a baby, but the backup guy, um, he has been going through a study on Wednesday nights for the past couple of weeks and he chose Psalm one and Psalm two. Well, of course, my soul among lines has covered both of those. So like, mm-hmm. it, it was awesome. So like on the way yeah. home and listen to those songs. So. Pretty, pretty good stuff. My soul among lines. Yeah. My, my kids, they're like, Hey dad, can you play the mind? Why do the nations rage again? Yes. They, they love that song. And it's, it's literally, it's about, you know, ground them into pieces, like yeah. or dash them into pieces, ground them in the dirt. They love it. It's, it's yeah. really, it's really fun. So they're learning how to be proper, uh, psalmody exclusive That's children, right. I guess. Yes. But, yeah. So, uh, so Grant, what, uh, what cool instrumental music have you been listening to this week? <laughs> oh, you want the full list? I was going to cut it down <laughs> to the, uh, you know, the CCM type stuff that I've been listening to. Um, Love Lifted Me really is my number one uh, song. I tend to listen to a lot of different songs. Um, it's rare that I listen to a song more than a couple times within a month, but you guys really knocked it out of the park on that one. And I'm looking forward to what's coming next. And I'm looking forward to partnering with you guys on, you know, doing uh bomb and Gilead here. That'll be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. it will be. Uh, Ubi Caritas. Uh, I think I talked about this one a little bit ago, but Ola Guillelo, Guillelo, something like that. Uh, I believe he's Norwegian or Swedish or something. Uh, but man, I tell you what, like I'm a sucker for, I, I sang in choir for way too long and I just really love that kind of music. And so that's, that's kind of that. Um, also, uh, as can be expected, a lot of Suzuki me- music for my daughter who is learning the violin, but um, more to the point, uh, I've been listening to a lot of corner room and a lot of um, crown and covenant and a lot of um, uh, solos lately. So Solos, Crown and Covenant, and um, Crown and Covenant have been kind of like some of my top three artists uh, this past month. Really been just, uh, there was one day and 
I started at Romans and went through Hebrews and Jude um, on Solos' albums. I mean, so, so good. Um, like a solid five hours of music. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I work from home right now, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are some days when I don't have meetings, especially uh, where I'm just plugged in, listening away. And man, I, they're so talented. They really are. Like, the range of styles of both the corner room and solos cover, I will say quite wide, but solos, mm-hmm. especially just the, the, their music, uh, their musicianship is really, really good. Mm-hmm. But then the harmonies and the melodies that they come up with are just so inventive. Yeah. Um, it just is really like it, it grasps you and it doesn't let you go. It yeah. like it 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 takes a hold of you by your ear holes and it it is the uh, reckless love that will not let you go. Not the no, reckless lover. It's, it's not. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's the song I sent to you. Like, uh, so you know, on um, the Spotify app, you can see yeah. kind of like what your friends are listening to. One of my friends from my uh, old work, right was listening to a song called reckless lover. And I was like, this is too good. (laughs) So I sent it to the guys Mm -hmm. and uh, I was like, Hey, love song versus praise song, which (laughs) reckless love versus reckless lover. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, I thought that was just uh, really funny, (laughs) but yeah, uh, yeah, that's a little bit of what I've been listening to. Yeah. I've, I've had a, I've had the every Psalm playlist on most days. So we need to get, we need to get, um, a my soul among lions hat for Justin to wear. Mm, I need a poor Bishop Hooper hat, and you and okay. Grant needs a crown and covenant hat. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> It'll just be a crown, like a literal, you know, a yes. Burger King crown or something. <laughs> yes. Well, we're so uh, that way we can <laughs> we can represent. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, so you use your Spotify app to uh, to see what your friends are listening to. Oh, and all so, the time. And so for, I don't even know how I got onto this mailing list, probably for something that I clicked once to, with and hit yes to cookies. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I get weekly updates on what is popular uh, in CCLI. And okay. so occasionally I'll, I'll send those to you guys. And uh, so they sent me a, a link this week that was uh, the most popular songs sung in church last week. And yeah, uh, Awesome. And so I thought that I would just kind of read those and give some very, very, very brief, uh, brief talking about them. And if you guys are familiar with the song, you can jump in. Um, and I don't okay. know if this is in, I don't know if this is in the order that they are popular or what. This is just the order that the, the email gave them in. But uh, "Great Are You, Lord" by All Sons and Daughters. Um, I am more familiar with the uh, One Sonic Society version, and so I don't know who wrote it necessarily, but um, hmm. there's a, there's a line in the beginning of it that says uh, you restore every heart that was broken. Hmm. And, and I think that that is like about the weakest way that I can explain the gospel at all. Like it misses <laughs> all of it. It doesn't get any of it. Right. Um, but the rest of the song, it's not like a, it's, there's not like a lot of like, wrong things in the song. Like there's not any line I'd pull up and be like, this is wrong. That is the weakest line I think in the song, but it's, you know, great. Are you Lord? You know, 
you're the breath in my lungs and uh, I pour out your praise, I pour out your praise. I mean, it's, there's some, there's some good lines in there. That one was just bad. Um, Battle Belongs by Phil Wickham. We talked about that one briefly last week. I think it's in the top five on the billboard charts. Um, it's, it was a new song to me. I, I've not been listening to the, the Christian radio. Um, and there it's, it takes the presupposition that I am the victim of my circumstances instead of the active sinner. Uh So it's like, uh, when I see a battle, you see the victory. When I see a mountain, you see a mountain moved. Uh, there, the line that stuck out to me was when I, when all I see is the cross, you see the empty tomb. And I'm thinking, you know, the cross is important. It's not like, it's not like uh, the cross was a mistake, but then there was the empty tomb or anything like that. The, the cross, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when I see the cross, what I should see isn't my God dying. It's I should see my sin killing my my God and me being the active participant and nailing him to it. Like there's just so much to it that you can't just gloss over the cross and skip to the empty tomb. So, But if you are not the active sinner, if you were just the victim of your circumstances, then you kind of want to, to do that. Yeah. Just uh, real quick. Uh, that song actually did push um, Crowder, um, Mr. Crowder band mm-hmm. out of uh, the number two slot. Mm. Um, we don't need to mention who's number one. Uh, I will say. You don't say <laughs> that never gets old. Oh, it will never, it will never get old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, you say uh, that. Yeah, you say it. So the next song on the list is uh, "Reckless Love" by Corey Asbury. So oh, I will never heard of it. I will spare <laughs> you my commentary, and I will just post in the show notes my uh, six thousand word document explaining my thoughts. Um, <laughs> and I'm not exaggerating. So the uh, next oh, song on the list. Oh, that's what the link is there. That's what that link is there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what that link is. My six thousand word document um, that started this whole this whole ride. Um, next song on the list is "Raise a Hallelujah." I will spare you my thoughts, and I will just link to a really cool podcast <laughs> episode on it. Um, the next one on the list was "How Great Thou Art," which is a, just the hymn. It's uh, it's a good hymn. I like the hymn. Uh, best we, one so far. Yeah. Best one so far. Uh, <laughs> that's. That song is very near and dear to me. It's one of the songs we played at Kit's funeral. So mm. Um, mm. the next song is Cornerstone by Hillsong Worship. This may be, I'm going to warn you, this, uh, this, this commentary that I added is a little salty. I said it is a mashup of a hymn that stands the test of time and random lines from the greatest modern hymn but with Hillsong copyrights so they get the royalties. Mm. Uh, <laughs> accurate uh-huh yeah well yeah. isn't that why a lot of people you know write like a little bridge or something like that so they can get the copyright yeah absolutely it is but also they took like random lines from in christ alone like it's christ alone cornerstone weak made strong strength of love <laughs> through the storm i mean it's just it's just fragments it's, it's not even a coherent sentence anyway so this song is a very old song and the bass guitar player at my old church in Omaha, every week that he played, they would play this song and he got so sick of it. He just was, yeah, it was hilarious. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, the next song, uh, Oh, Come to the Altar by Elevation Worship. It is a, it's decent for an altar call song if you're into that kind of thing, was my commentary that I wrote for that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, the next one, Revelation Song by Jenny Lee Riddle. Um, uh, and it's... I, I mean, Oh, Come to the Altar. Is the next big hit, Oh, I Come to the Altar Alone, you know, while yeah. the dew is still fresh in the minute? No? Okay. Probably. Right. No. So Revelation <laughs> song. Um, Revelation right. song is it's mostly quoting scripture. I know that a lot of people gave this song a bad rap. It's a little difficult to sing, but I've never been in a church that couldn't learn it. Um, I think that the most difficult part of this song is figuring out how to format the slides to where the phrases all are together. Um, but anyway, I've, I've never really had a problem with, with Revelation song. Um, well, and Shane and Shane cover it, so you know it's reformed. Oh, enough, you know right? it's reformed enough. Yeah. <laughs> the the next song is "Great Is Thy Faithfulness," also an old hymn, um, and so I have no problems with that one. Uh, the next song is a new one as well. It's called "Rest on Us" by Maverick City Music and Upper Room mm-hmm. in all caps. Um, and this one was new to me, but it is a very charismatic song. The whole thing is calling the Holy Spirit down through a fairly intense repetition. It's like as you as you hovered on the waters, come come rest on us. As you hovered on the waters, come and rest on us. Over and over and over again. Uh, the funny thing, and I meant to pull it's this only five up. Five minutes then, long. Yeah, but it's there's not a whole lot of of words to it. And so this is from their Spotify page. It says, it says Maverick City uh, started with a dream to make space for folk that would otherwise live in their own separate worlds, to break the unspoken rules that exist in the CCM and gospel world. But I think more importantly, to be a megaphone for a community of creatives that have been pushed to the margins of the industry of church music. What brings us together is that sound that is vivaciously smacking you in the face the first time you hit play on a Maverick track. Isn't the sound of the community that's centered around their deprivation. It's the audacity, the audacious sound of true belonging, the beautiful harmony of long lost family. This song sounds like any other song that's on CCM radio. Like, <laughs> like I, I it's, it's got 2 million uh, monthly listeners. This band does, but this song sounded absolutely identical to any other song that I heard on, on CCM. I just thought that that was funny. How, how many words they use to explain the uniqueness of their sound and their sound is not so, at all unique. Yeah. At least that song. Yeah. What, what you're saying, your song sounds like this. Yeah. It sounds amazing though. Yeah. So I'm, I, I was listening to rest on us a little bit. Um, oh, you were? Uh, yeah. It does sound like a real song out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it seriously. Really you just, it really, yeah, it it really sounds does. Like you put it in a blender with, Everything else. With everything else. We yeah, get asked about uh, Maverick City and Up Room uh, quite a bit, Sound and Worship. Because, like, for some reason, Sound and Worship, like the Facebook group, it's like mm-hmm. 90% of the posts are like, hey, what do you know about this group? Because people genuinely want to know. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, Maverick City, you described them very well, very charismatic. And Upper Room, I had not heard of until I looked into them, but they're like, they're very tight with Bill Johnson. Got it. Um, they work together uh, a lot. So yeah, let's right. explain. So so here's a question. Does the upper room also have a corner room? I don't know. They need one, if not. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, yeah. So that is the music that the church is using. 
Mm. Isn't that great? A lot of work to do. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of work. Just one, one stone at a time. So I left out an individual that I've been listening to quite a bit lately, and his name is Henry Hafner. Have either of you heard of Henry Hafner? I have heard well, of, of course him. Of course yes. I have, but I have not downloaded the Bandcamp app on my new phone yet. Mm. Totally understandable. Uh, yeah, he's on Bandcamp, and uh, Henry Hafner actually has a connection to this podcast in a weird sort of way. Uh, our uh, One of our favorite listeners, um, Chris Ragsdale, actually goes to his church in, in Tennessee, and he's Described as a violist, violinist, music director, composer, and educator, uh, he has the great privilege of designing the liturgy and leading worship at Parish Presbyterian Church in Franklin, Tennessee. The primary expression of his musical life is the weekly worship of Christ through the songs of his people. That's from his website. Now, given your accent, Justin, I don't mean to stereotype, but mm-hmm. I would imagine that you're all about this kind of music. It is very... Um, and I love it myself. Like I love like gospel music. I love um, I love uh, kind of um, Appalachia type music, and this definitely has some strong flavors mm. of Appalachia. And I mean, you can taste you can taste the apple in it. I mean, they put yeah. the apple in Appalachia. It's great. It's really great. Um, in fact, out. he describes uh, he has two albums out there. One called Southern Psalms, and another called Clovercroft. Mm. Uh, and he describes the first album, Southern Psalms, as uh, as sitting on the front porch with Granddaddy's Bible and a glass of sweet tea, which oh man is accurate. I That's mean, like, right. it, yeah, no, it's really, really good. Um, so the instrumentation, which we used incorrectly, I don't, I don't uh, that we covered this in in follow up, yeah. did we? I'm not convinced that I used it incorrectly, but I might have. Okay. We may have done something incorrectly. Brian I mean, may have been wrong, nah. but we're not ready to say that yet. <laughs> no, just, I, we just I, I'm wrong all the time. Right about something. That is true. <laughs> yes. Um, so there's a difference between instrumentation and uh, like instrumental arrangement. And I think I use the terms interchangeably from, from, from time to time. Gotcha. And I could have that wrong as well. Well, you're the one with a music degree. I have a communications degree. It's more degree, of a philosophy degree. Which, that's why I am on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least, you know, you finished, um, you, you finished Bible college. Or not Bible college, a, um, like a seminary degree. Yeah, it was. It was through the mm-hmm. Southern Baptist yeah. Theological Seminary. <laughs> so, Clovercroft Road is uh, what the album Clovercroft is named after. And it is, it's really solid. I, I, I very much enjoy the way that he works violin in there. Um, as a violinist myself, I really appreciate that. And it's just that wonderful kind of like back porch, very like relaxing, but with a hint of like just enough ornamentation to like make it really <laughs> go down like a glass of sweet tea. I'm, I'm serious. Like it is so good. Um, and we have, uh, Chris Ragsdale, um, our close personal mutual friend, Chris Ragsdale, who has offered to, uh, put up his album Clovercroft as a giveaway 
for our listeners. So here's what you do to enter. This is all very exciting. We are looking for some new iTunes reviews. Um, by iTunes, we do mean Apple Podcasts. That's pretty much where the nexus of podcast land still is. And that's where um, you know, uh, the, the reviews really matter. And we want other people to listen to the show. A lot of, a lot of new people are around and a lot of people have been uh, listening and everything, which is awesome. And we want to help them find a great Christian music podcast that, that uh, talks about uh, the kinds of things that we talk about. So if you would go to Apple Podcasts, drop a review in there, like actually type something out. Don't just give a star rating, although we want that too. Like give us please five stars, maybe. I mean, if you think we've earned it and write us a little bit of a review. And then email us at thereis at balmcast.com. Um, and we will pick, um, what do we say, like a month of time, two weeks of time? Yeah, so, so two, two episodes. Two episodes announced a winner. So that's like from right now, when you're listening to this, assuming you listen on drop day, that is a right around like two and a half weeks-ish. Two weeks-ish. Yeah. yeah. Give or take. So anyway, <laughs> if you're listening to this, go do it. Um, just uh, Yeah, and when you send us an email, tell us what you said. That way we can know who you are. That way when we pick a winner based on the review, and we'll just pick one random. So we'll just sign each yeah. one number, pick a random number out of a hat, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then we will, uh, that way we can say, hey, I know that this one was, uh, was Laura Watson. because. She's the only one that I know of that has actually given us a review so far. So Yeah, and if uh, you've already written us a review, yeah, send us an email at thereis at balmcast.com and we'll add you to the hat and maybe you will get to win. Now, what do you win? You win uh, the Clovercroft. Uh, there's a couple of different ways you can receive that. Um, you can choose an MP3 download or a CD or the most interesting version <laughs> is the cassette tape. So it is uh, there. choose wisely. It is yeah. there. It is an option. And uh, a very big, very special thanks to uh, Chris Ragsdale for uh, supporting us and supporting this podcast and um, donating this this c- CD or cassette tape uh, or even MP3 download for the giveaway. So with that, um, listen to Henry Hafner. Yeah, and they do say that the cassette tape is the new vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> it is. So, um, kind of a follow-up. Uh, the There's a question that was brought up to me. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase the question, but this was brought up this past week, and it's, are you more lenient for the Gettys and less lenient for Hillsong? Meaning that if the Gettys release a new song uh, and Hillsong release a new song on the same day, uh, would I treat them equally and give them each the same amount of attention for the discernment process? And uh, yeah, no, no, I'm I'm definitely going to put the Gettys all the way through and I'm going to give Hillsong a lot of time and probably never put them through, even if I think it's half decent. There's a lot of reasons for this. Um, well, yeah, and what I'm interested in too is I noticed that even if... Mm-hmm like it's a direct quote from scripture. Mm-hmm. 
all doubt how they're using the scripture yeah. in their song, uh, Hill song, that is. Yes. Uh, and uh, obviously, scripture, I, I just, you know, obviously, that's the word of God. So we, we treat that differently. But um, I, it's an interesting question. It is. But wh- uh, why do you? Why do you say that? Like, why, why do you, why are you less lenient towards one and the other? That's doesn't seem fair. Ultimately I I developed biases over time uh, that I I regularly check them. And so I'm not just going to put the the check mark on the Gettys and never listen to it. I'm still going to listen to it (laughs) eventually. And if I, and if I'm listening to it and there's something in it, then I will question it. But, um, but if someone has a reputation for writing solid music, I'm going to spend less time vetting songs from them. But uh, likewise, I will spend more time listening and researching a song from a questionable source. Uh, Is it similar to someone handing me like a well-known and widely used hymnal? Uh, I know that Mm -hmm. serious time and prayer has gone into curating and vetting the hymns that are in it. Uh, So I don't really feel the need to, to do that for each one. I can rest assured knowing that the hymns are theologically sound. Uh, and at that point, I'm mostly concerned with like the beauty and the accessibility of the song. So sometimes there's antiquated language or sometimes like the melody is just kind of difficult. Uh, though there, from time to time, there are some tertiary doctrinal issues that I still look for. Uh, most commonly would be like free will stuff versus predestination. Uh, but rarely will I refuse to sing a song out of the hymnal. Uh, like I might for like, I would never sing a Bethel song. If I'm at a church that plays a Bethel song, I'm not going to sing. Um, are there songs really in hymnals? <laughs> I hope not. Those are, those, those, their songs are printed out, right? It's in, it's in the passion. And they're, they're putting, they're putting the, are, there is such a, a passion. There probably is. I yeah, there might the be. passion there might translation. Be. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give them ideas. I mean, <laughs> we could definitely do something like this. <laughs> oh man, this is like songs will all be way too long, right? And, yeah, um, I'll need to check like five times. I'll need to check the 2008 Baptist hymnal. The 2008 Baptist hymnal they put in a lot of uh, modern praise songs, and so there might be some Bethel in there. But uh, mm. yeah, mm. I wouldn't necessarily consider that a widely used hymnal either, though. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say that with the Gettys, uh, I trust them like I would trust a hymnal. Uh, while they haven't stood the test of time in the same way that a hymnal has, they have proven themselves to be dedicated to maintaining both beauty and truth with their word choices. Uh, they have many peers that will review the drafts before publication as well to ensure that there are no unintentional errors uh, that, that they've made. Um, one of my seminary professors was one of these um, reviewers. And I remember him telling a story that they had the word emerge in a song that the context, it made perfect sense for them to use the word emerge. He was like, you know, right now in church history, um, we have this, the emergent church is like a big deal. So you may want to avoid using the word emerge mm-hmm. uh, just for the sake of, of clarity. Yeah. And and they did, they, and they changed it. Um, they also I have a public. That was the thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was, was like the precursor to YRR, man. Yeah. Kind of, kind of was. Um, 
The Gettys also have a public reputation for holding fast to important and unpopular truths, such as the wrath of God being satisfied on the cross as Jesus died. Uh, kept the rhyme, inverted the sentence. Thought that thought that you'd like that, Justin. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, and they have a love for beauty and melody and an arrangement. They are innovators and not interested in simply following the trends of the day. Furthermore, they are doing what they can to educate and supply resources to others in order to help them seek worship in spirit and in truth. And so for the Gettys, I'm going to fast track them through. Like Mm -hmm. if they ever put out a song that was less than theologically sound, it would be like the end of the world. Like something, something seriously is going on if the Gettys start going woke on us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't worry because they've, they've proven that they, that they care and that they, um, that they put the time and attention into those details. Yeah. Uh, Hillsong, on the other hand, it's all about the trends, trends in music, trends in theology. Uh, you want to have theistic evolution in your song? Go right ahead. Uh, they they don't sing about the wrath of God or really about sin in any detail. They might mention it, but then they move on. Um, they don't have any groundbreaking music either. Uh, they don't have songs that are meant to last. They have a, a good handful of songs that pass the test, but none of them are the best songs out there theologically. So every song of theirs that I would say is good, is, is fine to use in church, I can think of a better song. Um, like. For instance, Cornerstone, uh, does it pass the test? Absolutely. But in Christ alone is 8 billion times better. No, 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 A hundred billion <laughs> times better than, than oh, that song. That was a good hundred hundred X. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> wow. Wow. Sorry. Sorry. I had to quote Hillsong in their burn. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that was, that was off the cuff. You guys. say it, you, you say <laughs> it well. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hillsong does pursue excellence in beauty and craft to a degree, but, uh, but not necessarily in creativity. Uh, they write music that sounds good and they play their instruments with great skill, but they, they don't really do a lot that's unique or original. Um, I'd say that the pursuit of excellence and creativity is something that I feel is lacking in Christian music altogether. And, uh, this week, our main topic, uh, we're going to cover the pursuit of excellence in beauty and craft, but I'm, un, I'm intentionally not talking about the pursuit of excellence and creativity. This is uh, mostly because I, I don't believe it's a learned ability. Uh, I think that it's a God-given ability that can be cultivated. And I do believe that every person has creativity in some area, but not every person is going to be creative in music. Uh, they can learn beauty, they can learn craft, but creativity, I believe, is God-given. That said, as we go through the excellence element, many hill songs are they're they're likely to score high in uh, in the areas, especially of sound and skill. Um, and for that reason, I, I'm not going to hold this particular category of, of excellence as nearly as important as, say, I hold the psalm model or the scripture element. Um, Nonetheless, this is an important part of song discernment. Uh, I think I, I established last week uh, about you know the scriptural uh, evidence for why excellence is important. Um, 
and we'll go deeper into that this week. But uh, I did want to uh, to pause and kind of make uh, a statement. I, I want to remind everyone that I'm not ordained. I'm not your pastor. Grant's not your pastor. Justin's nope. not your pastor. No. Uh, we might have pastor friends uh, occasionally from time to time that might chime in. And you know what they say will make a lot more of a difference than what we say or, or what you say. <laughs> oh, ho, ho, ho. Um, sorry. Uh, but uh, I, in, in my transcribing of this, uh, of this chapter of the book or whatever it is that we're doing, um, I, I, I make a few statements that are bold that might sound authoritative, but I'm saying right now that everything that follows is not authoritative. It's mostly my opinion and how I am interpreting the scripture. I do have a seminary degree. I am licensed in Arkansas, but as Turtle said, they'll give anyone a license in Arkansas. Um, (laughs) But I'm not ordained. And so I just wanted to put in that caveat before we jump into the main topic. Uh, Before we do, though, is there anything else that you guys uh, want to to say? No, just uh, excellence is a good thing. Um, We were talking a little bit about, I was talking a lot going on at length about Salos and uh, Corner Room and just the level of excellence that they really have in their songwriting ability. And it, it does, it, it takes, it takes the music to the next level, but at the end of the day, um, the words and the theology behind it are, you know, what matter most. And so I think it's right that it's hard to say diminish, but maybe, emphasize the other characteristics of the song model a little bit more than uh, um, the excellence portion. Yeah. Uh, In our last episode, and just kind of a recap, we talked about uh, excellence as a biblical concept and gleaning from scripture. uh, We found that uh, I I defined excellence as uh, it's the pursuit of growing in knowledge and ability toward the standard of beauty and craft set in place by God in both general and special revelation. And so that especially, that's, that's my definition for it. Um, Not authoritative. It's not directly based in scripture, but that is, uh, I think a good working definition uh, moving forward in this season. Uh, We also talked about how excellence must contain truth, honor, justice, purity, loveliness, commendability, and that which is worthy of praise. And that was taken from, uh, from uh, Philippians 4.8. Uh, we also took from, uh, from the passage 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4, uh, that excellence belongs to God, is a gift from God, and comes from knowing God. It is tied to God's glory, to God's promises, and to sanctification. So those are three aspects of excellence that we will uh, that we will refer back to uh, as we move forward. <clears throat> and, um, and I think we'll help kind of paint that that picture of of what we're talking about when we go into even beauty and craft. Um, if I had any significant time to uh, to dedicate toward a research project. Uh, I would love to dive deep into each one of these aspects and provide a clear defense for each claim. 
But for now, I, I must take the presuppositional argument that they are generally true for music and move on. Uh, I made a joke to my wife, and this is a sidebar, that um, I need to get a research grant to, to be able to, to kind of quit my job and do this. And I thought, wait a second, I do have a research grant. Here I am. <laughs> there he is. Yeah. So, a lot uh, cheaper too. Yeah. I just, I just figured I would, <laughs> I would say that joke. Uh, I that appreciated it. <laughs> I yeah. appreciate, appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Grant, Grant um, likes to research just, more than I do. I just need the time. I do enjoy research. Um, it's my job, you could say. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, before we jump back into what scripture says about beauty and craft, I do want to spend some time to carefully explain what I mean and what I don't mean. Uh, it said that beauty is in the eye of the beholder, meaning that one person may see beauty in something where no one else does. Uh, there's great truth in this, but there's also a standard of beauty in God that all other beauty strives toward. Uh, if something refuses to strive toward the beauty of God, or if it actively strives against it, any actual beauty is accidental or inescapable. Uh, an example would be, yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I just find that interesting as a category um, because true beauty is found in God, right? Uh, I yes. believe that's an attribute of God and uh, the Westminster confession of faith of course in 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 chapter two says it's god is not part uh composed of parts or passions or you can't split god into you know here's the love part over here and here's the here's the justice part over here no it's all one and so uh, when we say that something is either moving towards god or away from god it, it seems to me that uh it's moving towards beauty or away from beauty yeah and I don't know if yeah, and uh, just some uh, a thought that i that I had I don't know if you want to interact with that, but no it, it is that's 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 a very good thought and and I would say that there are because of common grace and because of general revelation, mm -hmm. um, people that might be sure. trying to actively run away from God might still find beauty in God um, accidentally. Or maybe what they're doing is it's just inescapable. They're going to it's going to have actual beauty, even if they're trying not to, because of general revelation. And I know those are vague, but I do have an example that I thought of um, that uh, like a cacophony of random noise. Uh, mm -hmm. There are, and I put in, in scare quotes, musicians out there who seek to force <laughs> beauty into something that isn't actually seeking to be beautiful on its own. Um, John Cage comes to mind. Um, oh, okay. Go ahead. No, finish your thought. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it would be like calling a jackhammer music. Um, while there might be beauty in seeing a construction worker work to the glory of God, the noise created in his beautiful work in and of itself is not beautiful music. All right. Well, okay. So what I, I guess what I was going to say is in addition to liking Appalachian music in addition to liking uh, gospel music, I also love um, modern classical uh, 20th century, 21st century music. John Cage, of course, being a prime example. Sure. And uh, along with, you know, Krigaliano and, 
some older guys too, you know, Copeland would even belong in a group like that um, just because of the dating, but they approach that differently. Right. I mean, I, I know what you're talking about and yeah. there is, there is something about that music. Like it's, I can't listen to it while I work because it demands so much more from the listener to pull out meaning to extract meaning, right? Yeah. You're actively engaged in, in the very human task of sense making. Like, what is this? Um, and I don't, I don't know that we can automatically just throw it out of the beauty camp. Um, sure. It doesn't look like, it doesn't look like a lovely pastoral from, you know, yeah. Bach, but it, at the same time, it's, it, it has a, it's a different sort of beauty and it's a beauty that must be uncovered, um, made sense of by the listener. And so, you know, I, I realized what I'm doing is teetering on the edge of, wholehearted devotion to postmodernist thought. But <laughs> I assure you that that is not the road I want to go down. There is yeah. objective beauth, truth and objective beauty. And I understand what these uh, composers, John Cage uh, and others are trying to do. But at the same time, I don't, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's my problem, right? Maybe at, at the same time, <laughs> I don't want to throw that out. Uh, yeah. there, there, there was something about that, that I, I still feel if I almost said redeemable, but I don't know if that's the right word here. Um, no, but and, I enjoy and, the challenge. That's what I'm saying. And, uh, and I will, I will yield to the fact to, to the, to the fact that I, I probably am not as versed in John Cage as, as I should be. And that he is the only name that's even in that list that I'm aware of. But, um, I'm sure that there are people that would call Jack Hammer music, um, not John Cage necessarily, but uh, there are people. I know that there was uh, someone who uh, who was an, a visual artist that said that he was unveiling his new uh, art piece at the Louvre, and he had a bunch of people show up. And when he unveiled it, it was uh, an air conditioner grate that was already there. That he said that was his art piece. That it was a found art. And that he was saying, he was declaring with his words, this is art in the Louvre, simply to like make a, a point. But, uh, you know, that's not beautiful art. It's, it isn't, it's not art at all. It's, it's a well-crafted air conditioner grate possibly, but it's uh, there to serve a, a point, not come to, on. come on. I mean, like I get that it's, it's postmodernist thought and we need to yeah. engage it in what it is right it again yeah. it, it's trying to tear down this idea that there is uh, objective truth objective beauty and that should be rejected but at the same time the point of postmodernist art is to get an some sort of reaction from the from the viewer from the listener yeah. the point is to engage in a dialogue and uh, <sighs> can't we accept that for what that is? I mean, and is there a place, uh, you know, I'm happy to be corrected here. Maybe, maybe this is yeah. no place for a Christian to be, but <laughs> I, mm, yeah, and, and, maybe, maybe this is part of my sanctification process. It needs to be meted out of me, but there is, there, there's a place for 
for that. And there's a place where we can speak into that, you know, because the artist is going to say something along the lines of, I'm so glad that you found meaning in that. And what we can point to as Christians when we come across something like that is no, the meaning is already there. We are just simply making it plain. Sure. And that's what I would. Sometimes that's like, this sucks. It's accidental. It's accidental or inescapable. Yeah. And that, that, that's why I have the, the caveat of the it's accidental or inescapable. I also, like, I can see someone recording a jackhammer and saying, you know, listen to this. This guy is working to the glory of God. Isn't that beautiful? And you can at that point say, yes, it is beautiful that, this, that he is working hard for the glory of God, but it doesn't make it music. Um, it might make it beautiful but it doesn't make it music. Um, I get what you're saying. There's a dialogue. There's, there's deeper there. Um, beauty isn't necessarily in exactly what you see. Sometimes you have to think through it and kind of solve the puzzle. Um, but for what I want to continue as we, as we move on, just uh, as I said, I want to talk about what beauty is and what beauty isn't. And so well, as, as I'm just far so glad as, that you found that you made something of our conversation today, Brian, that it had meaning for you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Post (laughs) postmodern. That's beautiful. That Um, is beautiful. Anyway. uh, So the point I want to get to is, you know, there's, there's beauty in the kind of the interesting aspect of, of thinking, of of thinking things through and finding, you know, finding that in like the, the postmodern, way but i want to talk about objective beauty uh and say <clears throat> that specifically in craft beauty and craft like this idea of does the beauty that you find in that postmodern work does it really reflect god and what parts of it reflect god do the parts that reflect god are they intentional in the artist or are they just how beauty is and and, and things like that um, and, uh, and so I, I do want to talk about moving forward, um, more on the nose beauty, if you will. Um, but I want to, I do want to make a distinction as well, uh, between beauty and preference. Uh, and so my preference might not be for postmodern art, but that doesn't mean it's not beautiful. Um, and even if there is a great, uh, sorry, um, there is a distinction between beauty and preference. And even if there is a great deal of overlap, preference is subjective and mutable. Typically, someone's preferences become more refined as the individual matures. Similarly, one's preferences uh, will become more God honoring as the individual becomes more sanctified. Uh, but the standard of beauty is objective and immutable. God honoring works of art will work with the preferences of the artist and may grow the preferences of the artist to achieve the standard of beauty in a unique way. Um, and you, you can't have a proper talk about excellence, beauty, and craft in the Bible without uh, talking about the tabernacle and the temple. Uh, these topics are also highly related to the regular principle of worship. Uh, it's also important to know that creativity is not a part of human obedience concerning 
specifically the building of the tabernacle and temple. In these examples, God is a chief creative, uh, but he entrusts man to the craft. Uh, at this point, I want to jump into the scripture, specifically on beauty. Uh, I have kind of four scriptures pulled out. Uh, the first is from Exodus 28.2. says, And you shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, for glory and for beauty. I know this is one we've talked about before in season one, maybe season zero, but um, uh, it's it's in the part of the building of the tabernacle and, and it goes with it. And while there is much description of beauty of the tabernacle in the Torah, this is the chief explanation of something being crafted for the purpose of being beautiful and that beauty bringing glory to God. Um, as part of the crafting of the tabernacle, it isn't wrong to extend that explanation toward all the other beautiful things that were crafted. Uh, but that what I mean is we have the, a description of the garments. So the, the clothing that Aaron would wear was for glory and for beauty. And so it was to honor God, but it was also to be beautiful. So there was a function to it to clothe Aaron but also it was beautiful, it was ornate, and that beauty was to glorify God. And so we can take that concept of being beautiful to glorify God, and we can extend that to the entirety of the beautiful things in the tabernacle um, because it's all, it's all being built at the same time. Uh, I have three other passages that I wanted to, to point out, and these are mostly concerning the temple, uh, and they're all from the Psalms. Uh, in Psalm 27, 4, it says, uh, One thing I have asked of the Lord that I may seek after, and uh, that I may seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. So we have a relationship between the temple and the Lord and the beauty of the Lord. So the Lord is beautiful, the Lord is in his temple. Um, in Psalm 50, verse 2, it says, Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. So in that, so Zion would also refer to the temple, would refer to the dwelling of the Lord. And it is describing the dwelling of the Lord as the perfection of beauty. And that God shines forth out of the perfection of beauty, which is the temple. In Psalm 96, 6, it says, Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Uh, sanctuary as well would refer to the temple. The splendor and majesty, strength and beauty uh, are attributes of God, and they are also related to the temple. These, uh, these and in other passages refer to both God and the temple as being beautiful. It's important to understand that the final product of both the temple and the tabernacle came after passages upon passages of incredibly detailed instruction to the builders and to the artisans. I won't quote them all because that would take too long, but much of the description of the tabernacle is found in the last half of Exodus, as well as parts of Leviticus and Deuteronomy. And much of the description of the temple is found in 1 Kings chapters 5 and 6, and 2 Chronicles chapters 2 through 7. And the last uh, three or four chapters of the Second Chronicles is actually talking about like the dedication of the temple and um, and the worship that was that was had. 
Um, beauty was a major part of Jewish worship. Every aspect of the tabernacle and the temple was dedicated to the standard of beauty because any less for the house of God would have been considered blasphemy and disobedience. Uh, this is later reflected in the beauty of the Psalter, the wisdom literature, the canticles, many of the prophets, and uh, many of the creeds that are found in the epistles. So today, uh, we must not settle for what is popular over what is truly beautiful. The sound may be very pleasant and appealing to man, but we must compare the sound with what is generally agreed to be truly beautiful in special and general revelation. We mustn't be fooled by the lipstick on the swine, so to speak. So one of the things that you um, brought up was just how beautiful and where all this beauty is streaming from, uh, from God, right? So Psalm 52 um, 50 verse two, that is out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth, uh, which really reminded me of Psalm 87 verse two, the Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob, which uh, really like in a new Testament, like um, context, we understand that to, you know, the church really is where, uh, God wants us to be, you know, that's, that's better than worshiping at home or, you know, in, in your closet, you know, uh, in private worship. Uh, but that, that corporate worship is, is so important. So if you haven't gone back to church after COVID yet, make a plan, get yourself to church. Uh, Amen. and I mean, like that's a side point, I think, to what, what we're talking about here, I understand, but, uh, it is really important. <laughs> Um, because that, that's, you want to know where real beauty is coming from. I mean, that's where it's coming from. It comes from God. Um, Psalm 50 verse two, out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Well, get yourself to Zion, get yourself to, um, the church. Um, the Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. I will say it's interesting how, you know, beauty comes back to God and, and kind of the standards that he sets. So like any kind of beauty that we know, like we're only capable of knowing that from what God reveals to us. So it's just interesting too, that he lets us, you know, have different preferences on what beauty is and, and that kind of thing. But then again, it's like, you know, there's certain things in this world that everyone would agree is beautiful. Um, so it just, just reveals kind of the complexity and, um, you know, omnipotence yeah, of God. Absolutely. Um, so moving on to, to craft, um, you know, similarly, we, we must discern the difference between the skill it takes to play music well and the skill it takes to construct good music. Just because the song was played flawlessly doesn't mean that the song was good to begin with. Uh, another way to look at it would be this. You, you might have a builder who makes the best buildings has a reputation for just making the best buildings, but the supplier might skimp on the materials. The builder uh, can't make the materials better just by flawlessly following the plans. Likewise, the worst builder uh, can't make the best materials into a perfect building. It takes the flawless skill plus the best materials to construct the right building. That said, the highly skilled builder 
should be able to recognize the material that the materials weren't up to par in the first place. Continuing to use them would reflect that the builder was either not really good uh, to begin with, or he was so incredibly prideful that he thought his skill could somehow like overcompensate and uh, shine through uh, the bad materials. Musicians that play uh, poorly written or uncreative songs, and I'd say songs that follow the same chord structure as all of the other popular songs, uh, even to the best of their skill, are wasting their talents. They should recognize that the songs are twaddle and should pursue excellence by refusing to settle. Settling, as mentioned earlier, trends toward being blasphemous and disobedient. And I want to be very careful that I don't uh, make a blanket statement about songs that I don't like being blasphemous. Uh, this goes back to, I'm not ordained. This is my opinion. Um, but I do want to argue that intentionally settling for what you believe to be less than the standard of beauty is blasphemous. Uh, but that but that part of the pursuit of excellence is learning to recognize the standard of beauty and growing closer to it. Um, I'm going to go over a couple passages about the crafting of the tabernacle and the temple. And I want to focus on the extravagance of the craft described. Uh, keep in mind that this, uh, this extravagance is tied directly to the worship of God. In Exodus 31, 1 through 5, this is another passage that longtime listeners will be familiar with. It says, the Lord said to Moses, see, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge of, and all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood, to work in every craft. God gave Bezalel the ability as well as the intelligence to plan out the designs and construct the final product, including metallurgy, carpentry, and gemology. He wasn't just a jack of all trades. He was an ace in his broad field. Uh, he was learned and practiced in all of the related arts and with God's help, constructed a tent that literally housed the king of all glory. Uh, in 1 Chronicles 29, 1-5, through 5, this is one of David's you know, last recorded you know, speeches to the, to the convocation. It says, And David the king said to all the assembly, uh, Solomon, my son, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced, and the, great, and the work is great, for the palace will not be for man, but for the Lord God. So I have provided for the house of my God so far, as I was able, the gold for the things of gold, the silver for the things of silver, and the bronze for the things of bronze, the iron for the things of iron, and the wood for the things of wood, besides great quantities of onyx and stones for setting, uh, antimony, colored stones, all sorts of precious stones and marble. Moreover, in addition to all that I have provided for the holy house, I have a treasure of my own of gold and silver, and because of my devotion to the house of my God, I give it to the house of my God, 3,000 talents of gold and, and the gold of Ophir and 7,000 talents of refined silver for overlaying the walls of the house and for all the work to be done by craftsmen, gold for the things of gold and, of, and silver for the things of silver. Who then will offer willingly consecrating himself today to the Lord? In this passage, we see the enormity of the splendor of the temple. The materials were magnificent. 
and it probably took incalculable wealth to pay for it. And this is something I want to touch on. The people of Israel in both the preparation of the tabernacle and of the temple had to sacrifice of their own personal wealth to pay for the materials. God gave them the wealth to steward for a time, but called for it back to build the house worthy of his presence. This type of sacrifice should be present uh, when we bring our worship to God. We must be reminded of all God had entrusted to us as we work to bring him glory. Instead, the world of CCM is concerned with pumping out the most man-pleasing chaff today that the wind will drive away tomorrow. Uh, More care is put into making a product to be consumed instead of crafting art that will last for generations. I've said before that there's no such thing as popular Christian music, that you cannot primarily seek to please both God and man simultaneously. You can only primarily please one while going, uh, while hoping to secondarily please the other. Uh, A final kind of thought on this idea, there are certain things that everyone understands. Uh, Looking at humor, everyone gets a fart joke, but not everyone is going to get a joke that requires a decent amount of exposure to popular culture or artistic culture, etc. Everyone gets that playing a G, C, E minor, and then a D is pleasant to the ear. So many songs have that progression, especially in Christian music. People like it, but that alone doesn't make it good or God-honoring. You know, Brian, this is really great. You know what it reminds me of? Uh, Our favorite, the Babylon Bee. They just actually launched a story today that the pastor of a local church here, uh, what a great set by our worship team, says pastor after a horrible set by worship team. Don't let this be you. I mean, yep. <laughs> at that point, it would probably be probably before this. I, I, I mean, we, we can argue about this later, but uh, maybe just don't have the worship team. <laughs> Beauty and yeah. crap matters. And, yeah. um, you know, like that's, uh, the, and I think that's one of the big points about this, this particular article. So. If I was in the comment section of that, I would I'd be that token one that says, "Is this satire?" Is that satire? Oh well, I could write yeah. that if you want. Yeah, I'm just saying because it's like it. Yeah, like obviously it's satire. It's the Babylon Bee, but it's so descriptive of like churches where, uh, you know, the worship team is basically fighting the sermon, like with the music that they choose. So there's like this yeah. battle going on. But then the pastor comes up and he's hey, like, "Oh, thank you." But for the battle belongs. Oh yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you know, you say that. Uh, is this satire? One of the fun things about the Babylon Bee is that uh, for the laziest among among them, uh, they have a content uh, a comment generator, and one mm. of the comments though they basically take stuff that people have said online, like either on Twitter or. Just stuff like that and throw it in into the comment generator. And is this satire? I believe is one of those. Um, but yeah. I did just comment on on uh, on the article there for you. I have to go check that so. out. Yeah. <laughs> Let's check your comment out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Babylon BS and it's pretty good ones. I'm still a big fan of the the bass player nailed like just nailed the bass riff in the, in the last <laughs> course and, and no one noticed. No one yeah. noticed. <laughs> well, they, they definitely uh, 
get a base joke in here too. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, Congregant said that the, in addition to the lead singer being off key, the lead guitar didn't appear to be plugged into an amp. Some members <laughs> suspected the bassist was playing a different song altogether, though nobody could say for sure since nobody really knows what a bass sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. It's <laughs> pretty good. Um, back Shout out in to the... my brother, a bass player at his yeah at his back. Back in the early days of COVID when we were still like recording and, mm-hmm. uh, and then live, like we would, I guess we did a live stream at that point, but there's one week that I was playing bass and no one heard it at all. Like on the, on the recording, like it didn't pick it up. <laughs> and so someone made a comment about it. And then next week it was like, all you heard cranked, <laughs> it was like cranked all the way up. So you didn't have to wear headphones to hear the bass come through the speakers. It was, it was pretty, <laughs> it was pretty potent. Oh, but wow. at least I, I didn't, I didn't mess up that, that time. I was the bass player on both weeks. So. Good stuff. Well, if you're the only thing that people hear, it's important that you don't mess up. It is true. And I feel like I pursued excellence well that week. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, it was kind of recapping some of the things that we talked about. Um, I talked about beauty being different than preference. You know, people like to hear certain things, even, you know, even in general, like everyone might hear the song Oceans and think, oh, this is the best song ever. Or you say, this is the best song ever. It absolutely deserves to be number one on the Billboard chart for well over two years. But it's the same chord progression as every other song. Um, It says the same thing that every other song says. Um, Her vocal quality is potentially better than others. And she might have some lines in there that people just really relate to. But But the song isn't particularly more special than anything else i mean even looking at uh maverick city you know they they pride themselves on being so unique and different than everyone else but it's the <laughs> exact stinking same as everyone else <laughs> and um and so you know going back to what you know john cooper said we should be the innovators we should be the ones that are pumping out the best music I mean, imagine like what solos could do if people actually knew about them or poor Bishop Hooper, if they could get radio play, um, you know, what kind of trends would they be setting? You know, what would they, what would people be able to, to think of like, oh, wow, this is so different. And, uh, and it's just, it's, it is a shame that we as a body have just given up on it. We, we know what we want and we want what we know. Um, I'd say a lot of it, this is just kind of off the cuff stuff. Uh, a lot of Christian radio stations are user funded. Uh, they, they don't play commercials. And so they have to get donations. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Did I talk about this last time? Did I say this exact same thing last time? I, um, I don't think. Where uh, be, because they take donations, they have like this listener advisor board where you can sign up. And yeah. Say what We've songs you want to hear. I used to be and, on the uh, listener advisor board for a state that I didn't even live on living <laughs> at the time. And so, and so people think I'm paying money to this radio station. I get to decide what they want to play. And <laughs> so they say, they just pump in all their favorite stuff and it's all you say, and that's how it gets mm-hmm. so much airplay. And so the people that are paying money to keep the radio station running are allowed to give input as to what should be played. And so it's just all that gets played is what appeals to the most people because it's a popularity contest. Um, so, 
join your local listener advisory board and yes. talk to them about and, Solos and poor, yes, Bishop and poor Bishop Hooper and the corner room and you my know, soul among lions artists. and my soul crown among and, lions and crown and covenant. You know, why not? And crown and covenant. Yeah. That'll be the day, man. Nobody would listen to a radio. Show. Like I've <laughs> joked about this before. Like I would have zero listeners if I put together a radio station based off. My, yeah. My if you want to listen to, if you want to listen to a radio station based on my preferences, Go check out my Spotify playlist. It is called the Balm and Gilead Salter playlist. Love and, it. Uh, and I have 21 followers. I'm nice. one of them. Yeah, I think Justin is too, probably. I, yeah. Then also shout out to the Sound and Worship playlist. Um, yes. Also um, has a number of listeners and like 500 some. And yeah. so, you know, both of those are really great. Um. Sorry, I'm trying to remember. And if you want to know what I listen to, uh, you're gonna have to ask me on Slack or whatever, and I'll I'll send you whatever I'm listening to that particular day. <laughs> Via cassette. Via cassette. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it is. Yeah. So I will just close by saying, for the beauty of the earth, for the glory of the skies, for the love that from our birth over and around us lies. There is a bomb in the air to make the wounded whole. There is a bomb in the air to heal the sick soul. Never feel discouraged. Jesus is your friend. for listening to the Balm and Gilead podcast. We love hearing from you, so email us at thereis at balmcast.com. We are a part of the Tech Reformation family of podcasts, and you can discuss our show and much more at slack.techreformation.com. We'll see you there. If you enjoyed the Balm and Gilead podcast, please encourage others to listen. We value your feedback. So rate, review, and recommend the show in your podcast app of choice. And with that, we'll see you next time on the Balm in Gilead podcast. Are you guys talking about me? We are not talking about you. <laughs> that was Clara. Um, no, we're not talking about you, Clara. I love this you, baby. Be, this will be great for bloopers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and um, yeah, she had she did not hear me say that. So, we, have, uh, we have gotten feedback from our fans that they don't mind a little bit of chatter yeah. in the background, kind of like a Presbyterian worship service, really. <laughs> uh, they don't mind a little bit of chatter in the background because in Presbyterianism, of course, the children are part of the church, unlike in Baptist circles where they're kind of outcasts. <laughs> until they choose to <laughs> be, until, until, until they choose to walk in. <laughs> so, um, anyway, but, um, um, so I, <laughs> here's the moment of truth. I'm going to stop recording and hopefully the recordings come. It worked.